1: City Discount Tyres. Buy three, get one free on the popular Falcon Wild Peak AT3W All-Terrain Tyre. This is Saturdays in SA with Bryce Gibbs and Tom Long. Oh
2: yes, it's Saturday again. So good to be with you. There's a plethora of results coming through overnight. The Doggies getting the chocolates up against Essendon and uh, the Aussies are in a bit of a tough spot over there in England. So we're going to be covering all of that, plus a whole lot more, our beloved Matildas. Uh, how far can they climb to the very top? I'm here with my good friend, Bryce Gibbs, a man who wears a skivvy when he plays golf. How are you, mate?
3: Good morning, Thomas. Can I call you Thomas? Do you get yeah, called Thomas much? If I'm in trouble. Sure, Thomas. <laughs> how are you? What a geez, big week it's uh, been no. in terms of so sport in, uh, in this country, isn't it? We've got, yeah. obviously, the Matildas, as you mentioned, Getting off to a great start in their World Cup campaign, the British Open's going on, the Ashes, Mm. the footy was on last night. I don't know where to look. I'm not sure what channel. The Tour Down Under is coming to to the good part.
2: Yeah. I can't tell if it's a good or bad thing because I love channel surfing, but then you can't really narrow down and and get yourself across one thing for very long. Too much
3: choice. Worried you're going to miss something, miss some action on... uh, on one of the sports, but yeah, it's been uh, it's been a good week for sport, that's for sure.
2: Absolutely, you were in a bit of action yesterday. We saw you on the golf course. Uh, which golf course was that?
3: Uh, Mount Osmond.
2: Mount Osmond, right
3: up, up the hill, top of the hill.
2: And you were wearing this uh, skivvy type number. It looked like you were about to rob an expensive artworks kind of joint. You know when they they wear those those prowlers that that are going to rob a joint. And they got those black skivvies on.
3: Well, it was. Quite cold yesterday, <laughs> Time A lovely day, actually. Yeah. The sun was out nice and early. A uh, bit of frost on the ground to kick off the day. We, we teed off pretty early, and, yeah, it was only about four or five degrees. So, yeah, I had a bit of a skivvy number on. Yeah, Had the beanie on, which a little bit unusual golf attire, but uh, got out on the course. I don't I haven't played too How'd often this year. I actually hit them well, oh. which was surprising. Usually, I'm not the greatest golfer, just, you know, lack of... Lack of time spent on the course, but we played a bit of a Stableford game, uh, me and a couple of buddies and yeah, surprisingly hit him, hit him well. Considering last time I played golf would have been a couple of months ago. I Mm. absolutely cracked it and walked off on the 13th. I just had enough. I was having one of those days.
2: Once you crack it, like once you play a few bad shots, are you able to stay present in the moment and continue the game? put that behind you just continue the game normally or does it just affect your whole day? U-
3: usually I can but in <laughs> right. this in this instance i I walked off the course <laughs> I, I'd, I've never done that before in yeah. my life but I just whether I just had a bad attitude before the round even started yeah and, and just couldn't
2: couldn't cope with my poor shots but maybe your cup was full you know when the they talk about the droplets in the cup. And the cup fills up to the top. Maybe the game of golf was a final water droplet to go into your cup, and that was it.
3: Maybe, maybe. Usually, if, I, if I'm not having a good day on the course, if I continue to have a bad day, say on the back nine, as soon as I shank one, like I'll just won't even go look for it. I'll just be <laughs> like, no, nah, I'll, I'll just walk to the next. No next point. Team. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'll just caddy for Reset. someone else for that. The rest of that hole, yeah. and start again. I sort of get in those areas, but usually yeah. can finish the round.
2: Yeah, yeah. Nice and mature great way to play golf um the matildas mate we have fallen in love this this team is uh, so exciting for the whole country to g- get on the bandwagon and watch them they are a, a fascinating entity in unto themselves because they have some uh, break uh what are they they're breaking new grounds when it comes to science in sport when they all get in camp together this is uh, factual that their cycles all sync up together. The scientists want it. Uh, the sports scientists want it that way, and they also have their children travel with them um, all around the world. And the coach even says that they become better players when they become mothers. So they are they are one of our most loved, my most loved teams over the journey. And we want to ask on oh four two seven one five four one double six. Who else is there, the most loved Australian teams on the world stage, Bryce? Anyone come to mind to you apart from the Matildas?
3: Uh, Well, it's good on the Matildas. Obviously, their the World Cup campaign starting off with a, a yeah. great result. Obviously, the the sad news and, and disappointing news: Sam Kerr out with that injury. But uh, they didn't let that get to him. Obviously, nope. grinded a win out. They they probably didn't play their best, but yeah, to win one nil against the Republic of Ireland was uh, certainly a great start for mm. for our. Our girls, uh, Matildas. So um, a couple of teams. Oh, there's, there's probably a couple that come to mind. Uh, the Wallabies. Yep. The Wallabies. Um, Back when
2: George Gregan yep. Was part At, of it.
3: Eels. He, he was the skipper. Yeah. They won a World Cup. Yeah. Yeah. In that time, I reckon they were they were pretty well loved across the board.
2: Yep, they certainly were. The awesome foursome. Uh, that that 2000 team, Oli- yeah. yeah Olympic team. There was, a, there was a lot going on there. The swim team, you know, the 4 by 100 Michael Klim and yep.
3: Grant Hackett. They we're going to smash the Aussies like guitars, the, the USA. So I yeah. then they won that, that relay. They all got up and started playing the, yeah, the yeah. guitar. That was, right.
2: that was good fun. Good memories. Yeah, we absolutely obliterated the entire world on the swimming front. Um, but yeah, Sam Kerr, she, they're saying that she will be back by the Canada game. A little bit of doubt over that, so I'm I'm very hopeful. What's the injury? So, like a nick to the calf.
3: Yeah, and and not the sort of injury you want to have leading into a, a into such an important tournament like like the mm-hmm. World Cup, and they can be pretty delicate to calves. If you don't get them right, and you and you come back a little bit too early, you can nick them again. So yeah. hopefully, she's oh, no doubt she'd be doing everything she possibly can to to be. Raring to go. We we know how important she's to this yeah. side, and and she will have a big say if she can get back to, to how far we can go in this tournament. But the girls have just got to keep winning without her. That's uh, the reality of the situation.
2: Yep, producer Jace uh, just making his way back into the studio after having a quick little durry out the front. Um, <laughs> I he's giving you preferential treatment. I I feel Bryce every Saturday morning. I'm driving in. And I I see a little message pop up in the group chat and go, oh your car pass Bryce is uh, just waiting for you by the spot so you, you can get the preferential treatment. Meanwhile, I'm parking out there with all the plebs. I, I'm in on this car pass. <laughs> Producers say Jay's saying where I belong.
3: Well, the, the car park passes are like uh, gold here at <laughs> SE <The, the>, and <laughs> I'm not sure who who has all the car park passes. Who's in cert- control of them? They're certainly very hard to get their hands on. So I yeah. I sort of. A a bit of a shifty and, and <laughs> jump on chasers. I'm not sure whose car park I park in, but uh, hopefully it's not one of the big dogs.
2: Yeah, I, I think i got to start giving massages to the right people to uh, get my hands on, on one of those car park passes. Because they are like, oh, I didn't even know they existed up until um, these secret squirrel messages used to start coming through. Your car park passes waiting for you, Gipper.
3: Is that how uh, squirrels talk? Is it?
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Secret little. They're burro- protecting. They're protecting their little nuts, okay. burrowing them away with the car park pass. Secret squirrel producer Jace. he's, he's got all the passes. He's the gatekeeper. Oh, thank you, producer Jace. Uh, just whispering some sweet, delicate things. <laughs> You're trying to put us off, uh, J. Um, Bryce, big show today. We're going to preview Adelaide's game up against Melbourne. Now, this is a real worry. I, I think this could be the season, e- real season-ending game. Melbourne's powerful midfield, Petrarca, and they don't have Oliver playing, but Angus Brayshaw and Viney up against Adelaide, bringing in uh, a couple of new kids for their first games this year.
3: What do you think about this? Uh, only maybe three or four weeks ago, Everyone was loving the Adelaide Footy Club, what they're doing. Oh, their rebuild's back. They're going to be playing finals. And then with this, in the space of two weeks, everyone's written them off.
2: That's how fickle we are.
3: Dwayne Russell's doubled down on them a couple of times in the last week saying... Typical Dwayne. Their rebuild's done. If, if they can't make the finals this year, I can't see them making the finals in the next couple of years. Why, why do we go from building them up so well in a couple of weeks to absolutely giving them no chance two weeks later. That
2: is the game we're in, Gibber, where the media cycles have to take a point of view and it has to be a hard point of view. But really, if you t- if you take a step back and be balanced about it, what's going on is Adelaide have the third youngest side in the competition. They're going to have ups and downs and they don't, they've not selected any of their top draft picks as midfielders. So they, they've got a, a way to go. In that area, there's been improvement, you know, Joshua Shelley, Luke Pedler, and some growth getting games into the younger kids. But realistically, like, it's probably just where they're at.
3: Very diplomatic answer there, Tom.
2: <laughs> That's not good. Not good for ratings. <laughs> so uh, I'll get back on my high horse about something. Something I'm uh, definitely on my high horse about is uh, question time, Bryce. You're going to be quizzing me today.
3: My favourite segment of the uh, I know you the love morning. it.
2: You've always got your questions in... Very early. I see you working on them days and days out. So uh, I'm looking forward to hearing those. And uh, the Aussies, well, we've got a report in from overnight. It, it didn't go too well for the Australians. But there is hope in the form of rain.
3: We need a few <laughs> rain dances to happen, <laughs> yeah. don't we? Because it's just not it's not working for us, is it? No. Been, yeah. been off.
2: We need... Uh, they lack a game changer. And I think we're really missing... Nathan Lyons' presence, his ability to... He's subtle, but he has the ability to turn a game. And just without that spinner, they're finding it pretty tough.
3: Yeah, he comes in and can just slow the run rate down a little bit, Carney. Obviously, he always takes wickets. no No matter what test match he plays in. So, yeah, I hadn't actually thought of that, Tom. So, maybe you're right. He... Is a lot more important than maybe we've given him credit for. We know how well hundred tests, yeah, consecutive tests in a row he's played up until this uh, this injury. So maybe we're missing him more than we think.
2: He looks he looks like the kind of guy you just see at the local front bar, but he is a world class spinner. Holds down an end even if, when he's not taking wickets. He's putting immense pressure. He's got his little mind games that he loves to play with them as well. News just coming through. Tony Bennett has died at the age of 96, so that's sad news, but good innings from him here. Do you remember his collaboration with Lady Gaga, Bryce? Uh,
3: not, not really? doesn't come straight to, to mind, Tom, no. Uh,
2: one, one of the all-time great crooners. Hey, we got to get to a break, but we are asking this morning, on the back of the Matildas bandwagon, who is your favourite Aussie team on the world stage, oh four two seven one five four one double six. Bryce has suggested the Wallabies. I'm suggesting the uh, Awesome Foursome. I'm sure there's more. Producer Jace will help us out there. But oh four two seven one five four one double six. let us know. We are here for... Sensa's Lumo. I'll try that again. We're in studio Lumo, mate, Um, and it's powered by Lumo Energy SA as Bryce waves to one of his fans out the front. And City Discount Tyres, four-wheel drive tyre deals on now. It's currently quarter to nine, top of 14 degrees today with a few showers.
1: City Discount Tyres. Buy three, get one free on the popular Falcon Wild Peak AT3W All-Terrain Tyre. This
4: is Saturdays in SA
1: with Bryce
2: Gibbs and Tom Lyon. Yeah, top of the morning to you. It's a top of 14 degrees today with showers increasing throughout the afternoon. So good indoorsy type day to watch the footy. We've got Port taking on Collingwood. Is that later today, Bryce? Tonight, Tom. Tonight, yeah. Prime time. Saturday night viewing Port. First versus second. And the odds are pretty even there. So, uh always consider what you're putting out there. But we were asking on oh four two seven one 155 166 uh, who you're... <laughs> <laughs> so, um, let, me you just, wanna, let me um, just correct
3: you. <laughs> <laughs> the text line is oh four two seven one five four one double six. That's the one. <laughs>
2: Imagine the person who actually has that number and they get a text with the uh, the favourite um, Australian team. They'll be like, what What the hell is going on?
3: We do have one off the text line. Yes. The Woodies. The Woodies. Of course, Todd and Mark Woodbridge. Yeah. Tennis doubles. What a great combination. They were. The brothers.
2: They were iconic. I don't think they were brothers, but. Um, no, they weren't? No. They... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, well, there you go. They're Mark, bright. Todd. Ma- Mark Woodford and Todd Woodbridge
3: oh there you go yeah
2: yeah so I've had a
3: shocker there they're, they're, they're not brothers there's, Bryce there's one edge. there's one edge for me and you right
2: <laughs> yeah one for one uh, we'll uh, keep that tally going throughout the show but look it's been a big week Bryce so let's have a look back at what the week that was I don't care if Monday's
5: blue
1: Tuesday's grey and Wednesday too Thursday I don't care about you it's Friday
2: The week that was. There you go. Yes, it's been a big week in the news, Bryce, because we saw Stuart Jew spending time uh, with the Australian cricket team and and we see this often with uh, elite people from one sport crossing over to another to help them out or to gauge some information, see what's out there. We've got Joel Selwood helping the Melbourne Storm out now with leadership and coaching down there. I remember Mick Malthouse, who was your coach at one stage. He used to gather um, war strategies, didn't he? And and a few things from other sports. I think
3: Mick was a big reader and yeah. a big war historian. So he would you know pull apart different things mm. from from wars and, and 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 then try and implement them in a, you know, in your game plan or your, your pre-game speech. Yeah. But I think, play, uh, coaches have been doing it for years. Had it overseas in the off-season go to you know, big clubs, whether it's an EPL side or an NFL side, mm. uh, other sporting franchises and, and sit in meetings and speak to their, their high-performance team in terms of what, what they're doing in that space as well, continually trying to upgrade their skills as a coach uh, and mm. pick apart different strategies and, and different ideas from other sports to, to try and implement it in, in the game of AFL. It's been happening for years.
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I know Clarko... Uh, introduced his cluster. Uh, I'm now don't quote me on this, but I, I think from soccer in a box-shaped cluster. But uh, so many of these strategies are transferable from sport to sport. Now, big discussion during the week uh, in the AFL was wh- how do we make this season a little more exciting at the end of the year. Now, a wildcard round was considered. This is Andrew Dillon. It was put on the table with all the CEOs to discuss. We've got a
3: a wide-ranging conversation tomorrow about competition structures. And and what we're going to do is learn and have a look at what other competitions do. And and we've seen wildcards work in other competitions. And it's really – it's one of a number of things we're going to discuss. Um, Last year, one of the conversations that we talked about was – How would you play an extra round if you put it in the city? And we we saw that coming to gather round. I think anything we can do to progress our competition and make it as good as it can be interests me. Whether it's a wild card or or something else, I'm really interested to hear what the CEOs have got to say.
2: Now, I want to get your thoughts, Gibber. What that essentially means is the top six are locked in. Seventh, eighth, ninth and tenth will play off for those final eight positions uh, I think it could could be exciting because the difference this year, as an example, between bloody six and uh, between seventh and tenth, is minuscule.
3: It, it is. It's pretty tight in there, and you'd be pretty stiff to miss out. You know, and we've seen some uh, teams have had a draw, so mm. some of these teams might get in the finals with an extra two points with that draw. So it is tight. Look, I don't know. So would that mean they play an extra game? than everybody else leading into the, the final series?
2: Yeah, I'm not sure of the machinations of it, but I think it it would be. It would be an extra game leading into the final Or does it tie into
3: in maybe the round the, two, final the round, the 23 round to whoever? It worked.
2: would probably work better tying into that final round where they uh, put them put them up against each other, whereas the uh, top six teams will play each other and bottom, bottom few teams will play each other as well. But I don't mind the idea because also the way the fixture is you could have a team that scrapes into the eight who got to play West coast twice and North Melbourne twice. And it's a bit of an, a a balancer where you pit them up against each other and it creates a a bit of extra excitement for the fans. Well,
3: isn't that draw that's created off the back of trying to make it it, it, as even as possible. I think the Mm. the bottom six sides are teamed up to play each other twice the the following year, the, the top six are the same. So to in a in a competition you know with draft picks and trying to make the mm. the competition as even as possible does does this just throw another spanner in the works in terms of you know allowing teams with an easier draw if mm. they can bounce quite quickly the following year get a get a chance in that that wild card spot look i, I don't know
2: yeah i I like it. I would like to see it. It's got nothing to do with the Crows uh, just sitting just outside of the finals contention. But um, I think it would make things fascinating also during the week. Now, we hear, we're starting to hear a little bit of this every year come draft time. It happened when Archie Perkins told interstate clubs not to draft him. And that, of course, it shapes the draft a little bit because they just go, well, what's the point in drafting him when he's going to fly home? Essendon got hold of him. Chad Wingard did it back in the day with GWS wanted to take him and he said, I'm not leaving SA. So I feel like this compromises the integrity of the draft. Now, there has been a rumour. This is not, we're not saying it's factual. It's just a discussion point. Uh, Sam McClure raised this point about Harley Reid being reticent to travel to Western Australia.
0: We need to have a serious discussion around Harley Reid, the number one pick, because rumours in the industry have been circulating for weeks now, and I've had it put to me on very good authority from multiple people that I trust, that Harley Reid has essentially told the West Coast Eagles that he doesn't want to be drafted there. Right. Now, I, I want to be really specific for our listeners. I'm not dressing this up. And I'm 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 not saying that Harley has called someone at West Coast saying don't draft me. It's never that dramatic. But I, I think that there is some conversations that are starting to develop between the people that represent him and from um you probably know as much if not more about this stuff than me. Mitch, so please feel free to jump in. His uncle has been doing a lot of uh the the negotiations along with his manager Nick Geishan.
2: Yeah. So what do you think of this, Gibbon? Because I don't like the sound of it.
3: Well, uh, let's just take a deep breath here. There's, there's always going to be two sides to every story. Mm. So Sam McClure has come out and made a pretty bold statement, to, to say yeah. the least. Uh, and then Nick Geishin did come out and say that this is a rumour, this is not correct. So where, wherever it sits, somewhere in the middle, not sure. Yeah. But let's take away that, that example. The idea of, of players leading into a draft, and basically saying no I don't want to go to your club don't draft me like I I that does doesn't sit well with no. me
2: compromises I, the integrity of the whole thing
3: I, I certainly do and and if you're if you have aspirations as a kid to play AFL and 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 go down that path when you sign up to the draft to put mm. yourself in a pool with 200 300 other 18 year old kids to to get drafted to an AFL club You put yourself out there to be drafted to any team in Australia. If a team from a different state wants to give you that opportunity, you should oblige and go over with your best intentions to give it
2: 110%. Yeah.
3: To to come in and, and pick and choose where you want to go before the draft, I just i I got a problem with
2: that. Yeah, me as well. You can't – and the whole point of the bottom team having the number one pick is so that they can get the player which they choose to bump up the ladder. Now, uh, hypotheticals here, but it does get you thinking about what West Coast can do with that number one pick. I've had a think here, Bryce, because if they do go down the road of splitting that pick, they could get hypothetically a top five pick along with another first rounder this year – and another one next year. They could go in and pick a WA kid called Daniel Curtin. He's a athletic defender. Top five guarantee, they say, this year. WA kid. Um, take another top 10 talent this year and, uh, you know, possibly use the other pick to lure back some young twenty twenty one 21-year-olds. Jeremy Sharp on the wing from West uh, from Gold Coast and Devon Robinson, who's struggling to crack into Brisbane's side, both in those early 20s, I feel like they could, you know, there's options there for the Eagles to get some building blocks in place.
3: Yeah, there certainly is. And we saw it happen with Jason Horn Francis mm. and, and North Melbourne and, and Port. Uh, North were able to get a, a warlord in and a sheasel and, and you know, double up essentially from losing Jason Horn Francis. So, I mean, if, if West Coast feel that there's more value out there for moving that pick on to, to bolster their stocks, that's absolutely a realistic option. But on the flip side, they might think Reid is that player, that generational type player, mm. marquee player that in five years time will be one of the, the best players in the competition and turn their their club around from, from being on, on the bottom of the ladder.
2: Yeah, I mean, whatever way you look at it, Reid is going to be a fantastic player. I, d- I just think looking back to when the Crows threw the kitchen sink at North to get the number one pick so they could pick Horn Francis, in hindsight, it's lucky that that didn't come through because what they were giving up ended up getting Adelaide. Rankin, Rochelle and Dawson. Now, you'd never throw those three away just for Horn Francis. So something to consider for the West Coast Eagles. Um, that's our week that was, Bryce. But final topic, and it's an important one, is McDonald's are considering <laughs> having an all-fries-only restaurant. I can't understand the business rationale behind that. W- would you go to the all-fries restaurant?
3: Probably not. <laughs> I, I think there's there's better fries or chips at uh, other fast food chains, Yes, but maybe there's enough fries lovers out there that that's all they want to go and buy.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's like having a clothing store, but you only sell t-shirts, like probably not the greatest business decision. Obviously it's kicked off in America. Out of curiosity, Bryce, where are your favorite chips from?
3: <laughs> um. Guzmani Gomez do good chips. Just around the corner. Yeah, I I don't mind their chip selection.
2: The key is in the salt. Yes. They've got a lime chicken salt thing going on. I love chicken salt so much that people don't understand. So I ask for extra chicken salt, whether it's KFC or Gomez, I I will always ask for extra chicken salt, and they still don't comprehend how much salt I need. So when I eat the chip, I, I want my heart to pause just for 10 seconds that's how I know I've got enough salt on my chips just to bring the heart rate down to a pause then it kicks up again that's how much I love the chicken salt KFC renowned for their chicken salt there's some secrets going on there Bryce
3: there there certainly is they can get a little bit soggy though KFC chips if you don't Tuck into them quick. Like yeah, just sit in that that little box and just soggy up a little bit, which I don't. I'm not a fan of. No,
2: no, yeah, you you got to consume them straight away. Um, yes, we are in talking about the important <laughs> things right here. Up next, Bryce, we have got a report coming in from overnight uh, at the Ashes. Aussies have had their pants pulled down, uh, but there is potential for rain today. So we're going to find out all about that from Adam Collins and Barat Sunderace, and it's currently uh, 9.03, so let's get to the news.
1: City Discount Tyres. Buy three, get one free on the popular Falcon Wildpeak AT3W All-Terrain Tyre.
4: This is Saturdays in SA with Bryce Gibbs
1: and Tom
2: Lyons. So good to have you company this morning. Uh, Bryce has popped out for a coffee. I don't think he realises that we're on air right now. Um, but we've had a for, uh, report filed by Brad Cinderace and, and Adam Collins after the day's play, day three, Australia really losing the ascension to England's bowling, getting the better of them. Uh, here they are having a chat with Josh Hazelwood.
6: Josh Hazelwood, firstly congratulations on the five wickets uh, uh, Two really tough days For you guys out there on the field uh, So just where are you guys at As a team and uh, how difficult Have those two days been
7: Yeah, there's no doubt in, in sport, everything's not going to go your way um, Which we probably have Had had happened to us, you know, the last 12 18 months, we've had some really good days And, and a lot of them, so um, England equality a quality team You're not going to get everything go your way So it's um, about showing some fight, I think, the next few days And, and see what, what's what
6: and, uh, just the way England play these days, uh, uh, Josh, uh, is it this is, is this how it works out? Where when it works for them, it is very difficult as an opposition team to control what they do.
7: Yeah, I think we've seen you know probably them play a different way. So sort of nearly every Test match we saw the first day, edge edge-baston when it was a flat wicket, they batted similar to this. So I think when it's and it's a flat wicket, and they're ahead of the game. You know, there's not a heap of pressure on, and then we've seen them bat different ways at different times when the pressure has been on. So we've seen all, all sides of it now. And, um, yeah, I mean, when we're on top, it, uh, cricket ebbs and flows, as you know. And, um, yeah, it's sort of flying their way at the moment. Uh, and uh,
6: just uh, yesterday in the afternoon when uh, Root and Crawley had that partnership, and today as well, when uh, Best on Anderson, it looked at, from the outside that... Uh, that you know, the energy was different, like for, for you guys as well. Like you said, I mean, you experienced that. Yeah. Uh, so what was it like to be out there, not just as a bowler, but just uh, being part of
7: that team? Oh, I think it, it happens obviously quite rarely at the moment for us, but it happens in cricket all the time where the, a team bats big like that. And um, again, a batter with a tail as well, scoring quite freely um, with no real risk, I guess, because they're batting with a tail ender. So it's um, one way or the other. Um, Yeah, it happens in games of cricket. It happens in test matches. So, um, again, we'll just show some fight in the next few days and and work our way back.
6: You've known Pat Cummins for a long time. Uh, Two tough days for him with with the ball and as captain. Uh, How did you see him go? Uh, And did his body language change at all? Or was there anything that he picked up?
7: No, I think he's, he's very level out there at all times, you know, whether we're on top, whether we're behind, whether it's level. So, um, I didn't really see anything change with, with Paddy. Um, I still feel like he's bowing the ball pretty well. He, he didn't have much luck with a few inside edges and a, and a few plays and misses. So another day, he could have had three or four wickets. But um, no, nah, he stays very level. He's, he's very calm and, and calculated. And um, yeah, he's been great.
6: Just with your bowling, Josh, I mean, yes, it's a five-wicket haul. Uh, coming back into the side after that break in Headingley, uh, how was the body? How did you feel just with your bowling and, and to get those five wickets?
7: Yeah, I felt pretty good for, for the most part. Um, yeah, the, the rhythm's pretty good at the moment. Um, I think missing a game you know, could potentially put you back a little bit in, in gaining that rhythm back um, after playing consecutive games up front, but um, I guess that's where I sort of am at the moment with my body and um felt like the more I bowled, the, the better I felt, so it's always a good sign and, and hopefully can keep it going. How many weather
6: forecasts is, uh, being, uh, are being checked out in the dressing room? Because everybody's doing it here. Uh, expectation of a lot of rain in the next two days.
7: Yeah, I think we checked the forecast, whether we're on top or we're behind. We uh, like to sit down and rest our legs. So um, I know from bowlers' point of view, whether we're in front, we're probably still checking it and hopefully a little bit of time off. But um, yeah, I think everyone will be having a look tonight and see how it goes.
6: Uh, you know, you already lost four wickets. Uh, it's still quite a uh, fair way behind them. Uh, so how do you approach the next two days, Josh? I mean, obviously, the, the cliché is like, oh, we'll just look at it and play cricket. But uh, if it rains and if you can save this game, you retain the urn.
7: Yeah, 100%. I guess that's the that's the point you look at. Um, you know, you you can't rely on weather, but uh, you know, with a forecast like that, we're going to miss some cricket at some stage, and um, every ball that we can last out there and make them bowl, probably. Um, I guess the physical aspect is something we look at in this period of a series. Um, if we can make their quicks bowl extra overs every time, that just adds up with only a three-day turnaround. So, I guess with the batter getting runs as well we can take that momentum into the next game as well so um, it's just about building on that and, and working towards the next game I think as well
6: yeah, and just finally uh, you bowled that ball to Root, which really should just shot through and like hit a stump. So there have been a few kept low kept down it's been an interesting pitch right like mm. it's tough to read from, from the outside anyway
7: yeah it's been um, pretty tough I mean that Day one, probably nipped a little bit around. Um, Not a heap of swing, but a little bit of nip, I think, and probably all day almost. And then we sort our our new ball first up, did the same, and then it sort of probably flattened out a bit and and now it's sort of of shooting low a little bit. But, um, yeah, I guess that's just the nature of a wicket. It was pretty dry, so you expect that. Do you have a
6: rainy day routine?
7: (laughs) Nah, just play cards and and probably watch the golf, it's on, I reckon. (laughs) Perfect. Go well and hopefully we'll see how things go. Cheers, thanks.
2: That's Barat Cinderason with uh, Josh Hazelwood at the close of play yesterday. Australia currently four for 113. Still 162 runs behind England's first inning score of 592. A lot to play out still. Manus Labashain on 44 and Mitch Marsh is on the singular one after facing 27 balls. Rain is suspected, projected, for today's play. So Australia still have a reasonable hope for a draw in this one, Bryce. Um, we've been asking off the back of the Matildas, ascent to the top. We're in love with them. Australia's most loved teams on the world stage. So who have you fallen in love with team-wise? Now, you suggested the Wallabies in the, in the Gregan era, Bryce. And then we had a uh, text come through saying, Mark Woodford and Todd Woodbridge, and I, I'm still actually getting over the fact that you thought they were brothers. I did
3: think they were brothers. And Brett off the text line has saved me and said, Bryce, let's just say the Woodies were brothers from another mother. So... Mm. Yeah. Thanks for saving me, Brett.
2: Well, yeah, they were brothers in a sense that they were a fantastic team.
3: I mean, that's what I meant,
2: right? Yeah, a, a yeah, bit of a shovel situation going on here with Bryce just digging himself. But um, what, they couldn't look more different. I mean, one was a full-blown ranger and the other was a brunette. But your favourite teams, keep them coming through and we'll try and read all of your texts. Uh, Dracos has said Stephen Bradbury. Does he count as a team? No. <laughs> Short answer, no. Yeah, um, but we we still love Stephen Bradbury. Hey, Bryce, we're going to get to a quick break because question time is up next. I've got no idea what you're going to throw at me, but I'm looking forward to it. It's currently quarter past nine. Tire. This
4: is Saturdays in SA with Bryce Gibbs and Tom Lyon. Good
2: morning. It's a top of 14 degrees today with showers increasing. So good day to be indoors. Watching the footy, currently 17 minutes past nine and the doggies got the win over Essendon last night, which I'd say... Probably consolidates their spot in the eight right now, Bryce. Would you agree?
3: I would say so. They've been a bit hard to catch, haven't they? The dogs. Some mm. some weeks they play really well, others not so good. But after the first quarter it was all one way traffic. Bonton Pelle G a good player. He yeah he, he he's my tip for the Brownlow now. I think he'll yeah. win it over Nick Dacos. Uh and Liber, what a star he is. Just yeah. does the in and under hard things. Uh, career-high 36 36. touches last night, does all the the in-and-under stuff that sometimes actually you don't even see. It happens that quick, but huge win over Essendon. Essendon are still in the mix, though. They still play, Mm. they'll have a couple of certainly winnable games. I think they play West Coast and North Melbourne, but then some hard ones. So they need to pinch probably one or two of those harder games to stay in contention for the top eight, but... Uh, was a was a big game for both both teams last night.
2: Yeah, Essendon have slipped down to ninth with nine wins. Bulldogs with ten wins. They're up to fifth. Uh, then after Essendon is Carlton in tenth and Richmond both having that draw. So they're on eight and a half wins, and the Adelaide Crows on eight straight wins. So a win tomorrow for Adelaide pops them back into the eight. It's that close between those that big cluster of teams. But, Bryce, right now, I've been looking forward to this all morning. It's time for question time, and if I could just... Here we go.
1: I asked the Prime Minister, if you are so confident about your view of fight back, why won't you call an early election? The The answer is, mate, mate, because I want to do you
2: slowly. Oh, yes, the, the, the great Paul Keating, uh, one of his most famous lines there. Bryce, what do you got for me?
3: So let's start it off with a crows question, Tommy. You're probably just about the biggest crows nuffy I've ever met.
2: Well, actually, judging by producer Jace's outfit this <laughs> yeah. morning, yeah. Uh, I'm getting right. Just to paint the picture, he's, like, he's wearing a full-suited crows, uh, explosive colours, and I, I've got a sneaking suspicion it was made in China. Just the the look of his, his outfit. He's
3: got it's a, nice and shiny a
2: crow's, crow so bursting through his chest. He's
3: done well. So we see Matt Crouch, the forgotten Matt Crouch, come back into this mm. side. Obviously, Rory Laird out injured. Is he just making up the numbers, Tom? Or is it just a case of when Laird comes back, he's straight back out of the side again? Or if he has 30, 35 touches, plays really well, has a lot of score involvements, might kick a couple of goals himself, is it, his performance, if if he plays well, can he keep a spot in this side or is it just a case of when Laird's back, he's straight out?
2: Unfortunately for Matt Crouch, the Crows this week, they required an adult male to step into the midfield <laughs> in Rory Laird's uh, absence because there are a lot of kids coming in, Schoenberg and Cook... So he is getting that chance purely because Laird is out, I'd say. But an interesting point I heard David Parkin make uh, just the other day was that the best premiership teams have 28 to 30 AFL standard players on their list. So I, I would like to see Crouch retained for that very reason because he's an AFL standard player, no doubt, and I think he still has a lot to offer. Um Pending if another club would like to pick him up for the for his services. I, I just wouldn't like to see him fall out of the AFL system. So if Leg
3: comes back, he's in or
2: out? He's out. Okay.
3: Yeah. That's all
2: I'd uh, <laughs> Sorry, I'll be, no, I'll be right. a bit more concise for you next time. All
3: right, over to cricket. Yes. So obviously the Aussies in the last couple of tests have been struggling a little bit. We mm. just need to win one series to
2: Yeah, one game.
3: Win, win the ashes, right? Yeah. So if you could pick one former Australian Test cricketer to play in this current test side to win, to get us over the line to win one more series in mm. these ashes, who would it be?
2: This is going to be the boring answer, but warning, he could ch- turn the game on a dime and whenever Australia ever needed to change the course of a game, he could usually come in and get the wicket required, create a scenario, get a, get a few wickets on the trot. So they could have really done with Warney when England were in to bat yesterday, they really needed him. But alas, they can't have him.
3: The late great Shane Warne. Uh, let's go back to footy now. Now, we've mm. seen Dan Houston from Port kick a goal on or after the siren a couple of weeks ago. Dawson did it last year in the showdown. If you could pick one of those two to, for your life, your life's mm. on the line to have a shot from for, for goal, to put it through, who would you pick out of those two? Or if you don't quite like those two mm. having a shot is there anyone else from either the crows or port that you would have kicking for goal to save your life
2: look i'll pick from those two and only by a, a bee's whisker would i go with dawson just because he seems to handle that you know that pressure moment was slightly more pressurised in the showdown when he kicked that one. And he's just renowned for his field kicking. Mind you, Dan Houston is an amazing kick himself. Or Taylor Walker is pretty good when he's when he's on song, he doesn't miss.
3: That's a good answer. <laughs> uh, we spoke earlier with the amount of sport happening this mm. week. So you're sitting on the couch during the week, Tom. You know, yep. Nine, ten o'clock. What's your go-to? Well, obviously... The Matildas were on the other night. The Ashes is going on. The Tour de France, the the golf, the British Open, the the footies on. The NRL. Mm. You're a sports nut. You love you love all codes. What's what do what you go to when there's a lot of choices? Or are you are you a flicker? Do you need to yeah. flick through so you don't miss anything? What's what's what, what's Tom Line watching when when there's when so many choices? So much.
2: Yeah, a plethora of selection. I'm a bit of a, a scanner because I've got equal investment in all of them. Part of our job is to be across everything that's going on. So I don't mind scanning through, just stopping on one game for, uh, you know, 10, 15 minutes, then going back. That said, I hate it when I miss a critical moment of a game. But, yeah, I, I do enjoy a bit of a scan.
3: Can you give me one, one preference out of all of them?
2: My um, one preference, I would say, I'm always going to go with the footy right. uh, over over everything. I'm always going to see what's going on with the footy, but uh, with how Matildas are going, maybe they can they can upsurp them over the next couple of weeks.
3: Beautiful. Uh, I'm going to throw the mystery question out today, Tom, and I'm mm. going to give you a, a little riddle. Oh right? God! Quick fire riddle. Right? <laughs> okay. Okay. A truck driver is going down a one way street in the wrong direction. A police car drives past him but doesn't stop him. Why?
2: Because they're both travelling in the right direction.
3: It's a one 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 way street. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll b- drive,
2: does a police car drive past him going back the other way? A
3: truck driver is going down a one-way street in the wrong direction. Yes. A police car drives past him but doesn't stop him. Yeah. Why?
2: Okay. Because the truck driver's on foot. That's
1: correct. Oh! Tom, <laughs> good guess. Give me a bloody.
2: Good get. Uh, give me a ding there. There, you there go. we go. Yeah. Well done. Lateral thinking. I like that from you, Bryce. Bit of a, Bit of a brain take. I feel uh, a lot smarter. Um, well we're going to leave it at that. It, uh, sports update next, and then of course we're going to be crossing to Alicia Kana Canavis, former Matilda, get the latest on Sam Kerr's injury and all her thoughts around their World Cup campaign. It's currently 25 past nine.
1: City Discount Tyres. Buy three, get one free on the popular Falcon Wild Peak AT3W All-Terrain Tyre.
4: This is Saturdays in SA with Bryce Gibbs and Tom Lloyd. Good
2: morning. Good morning. It's 29 minutes past nine. We thought we'd bring producer Jason for a quick sports wrap. What's going on around the world? Oh,
8: boys, lots going on. Um, You'd like my jacket.
2: I love it, mate. It's yeah, I heard co- you
8: talking about it before.
2: It's colourful and expressive, but questionable whether the club made I want to get a photo of you it.
8: wearing it a little bit later on, before the end of the show, because I'm tipping it okay. would be like a it'd be like a huggy. dressing gown. Be like one of those snuggy
2: snuggy snuggie, yeah, yeah, yeah. I will wear it with nothing on underneath. It would be just like a bedtime snuggie. Okay. <laughs> I don't know where to go from there. Uh, Uh, Give us some details, Jase. Aussies,
8: four for one thirteen. If you're just tuning in at Stumps, they're in big trouble. They need to do a rain dance Mm. for the next two days there at Old Trafford. Uh, Last night, the Bombers, they went down, and Jordan Ridley went down as well. He could be set for some time on the sidelines. We'll find out more about that later on. But that's a huge loss for the Bombers, Mm -hmm. and the Bulldogs will play finals now. Um, Now, Brian Harmon... That's right. Harmon. Brian Harmon. He's a man who likes shooting wild turkeys, pigs and deer. Oh,
2: no. He's also Please leading the no. British
8: Open at the moment.
2: What a pig. <laughs> Good <laughs> not, on him. Not, not a fan because he's shooting animals, but yeah. He's okay. a marksman he's, yeah.
8: um, and he's shooting the lights out at Royal Liverpool at the moment. A uh, second round. Six under par 65. Okay. Has him ahead of the field. The Aussies in the field at the moment, Jason Day, Minwoo Lee, they're tied for fourth overall at three under. And uh, Cam Smith's title defence, it's all but shot. He's sitting tied for 39th at still over, 12 shots off the pace.
2: Right. He, he hasn't really, since that big uh, open win that he had, I think it was last year or early this year, he hasn't f- fired much of a shot since.
8: Bryce, have you been following the Tour de France? Uh, yeah, I have. I've been watching
3: some of the – You get into this, don't I, you? I don't mind yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. I just sit there and watch it, especially when they're in the mountains, climbing yes. the Pyrenees. It's amazing what they do mm. day in, day out, climbing um, those hills.
8: Yeah, we've had an Aussie mm. that's been going okay in terms of the yellow jersey, but Ben O'Connor in one of the sprint stages, I think, last night, the 19th stage, uh, finished on the podium, finished third. Um, okay. And I'm going to have a crack at this. Matek Morik. Mohoric, Mate, Matey Mohoric, He won the stage. No, no idea. No idea. <laughs> I
2: don't know. Who am I to say?
8: He's a Slovenian anyway, and well done to him. Uh, Ange Postacoglu wants the uncertainty over Harry Kane's future at Tottenham Hotspur to be resolved as quickly as possible, mm. and I'm sure Harry Kane does as well. There's talk about him going to Bayern Munich, which would be a very interesting transfer if that happens, but they're hoping to be able to hang on to him. Um, How about this? The Albanese federal government is pledging nearly $6 million in support of a Papua New Guinea team to enter the NRL.
2: That's fascinating. Well, they deserve it because they're rugby crazy over there.
8: They absolutely love it, and that looks like it could happen as part of their expansion plans. And the big news of the week for us here at SEN, the Melbourne Super Netball team will be run by Netball Australia in caretaker mode next year before Hutchie, and his crew take over. I think we've even got a grab of Hutchie talking we about this. We
2: certainly do. It's just not on the button bar as yet. But well, I'll can you get play that for us later that. in the show? Yeah, yeah. Because I'm interested to hear from Hutchy um, on that. So, what is it? he's uh, explaining his reasons as to why they took over the license?
0: Well, it's a great sport, Dwayne. It's an unbelievable sport. It's been uh, trailblazing in many respects in women's sport in Australia, and this uh, country is one is wonderfully represented in women's sport now. But netball has been there for a very, very long time. It's got great athletes. Uh, it's very well run. So we're really impressed with Kelly and her administration and the board and the vision they have for the sport.
2: Yeah, so there's Hutchie, uh, quite impressed with what he's taking on.
0: Well, he's, I think
8: that's sports team number five now. He's got four basketball teams and uh, now the unnamed Melbourne netball team in his stable. That's all I've got for you, boys.
2: He's building a legitimate empire is Craig Hutchinson. Thank you, Jace. Comprehensive as always. Now, we've got to get to the news because up next, we're very excited to be talking to former Matilda Alicia Carnavas, and she's going to be running her rule over what they've done so far and where Sam Kerr's injury is at, Bryce.
1: City Discount Tyres. Buy three, get one free on the popular Falcon Wild Peak AT3W All-Terrain Tyre. This is
4: Saturdays in SA with Bryce Gibbs and Tom Wine. Oh Lyon.
2: yes, so good to have your company this morning. It's Saturday, time to start living your life. Give a, producer Jace has forced me to wear his gigantic uh, Crows merchandise jumper that was imported from China. This has got a few suspect drawings on it. Just <laughs> describe what you can see.
3: I reckon you could fit about four of you in that. Yeah. In that hoodie. um, You're loving it. It's more like. You love the colours. You love the the caricature of a crow that's taking a hanger by the looks of it from Mm. here.
2: What I really love is that sweet smell of tobacco that's. uh, Emanating through it, hey Bryce. As the Matildas launch their World Cup campaign, Australia are right behind them, and they've shown it in numbers—fifty to seventy thousand people rocking up to the friendly and their game against Ireland. So far, there's a buzz in the air. So we thought, who better to help us uh, capture the spirit of, of all of that than a former Matilda herself, Alicia Carnivus? She's part of our SEN call team. Uh, good morning, Alicia. Where have we got you at the moment? Oh look, I'm in sunny but very cold
5: Melbourne. Good morning, guys.
2: <laughs> so good to have you on. Thanks so much for joining us. Um, you you were calling the island game there. What, what did you make of the Matilda's first outing?
5: Look, fantastic, fantastic moment for Australian sport, Australian women's sport, first of all. So I think mm. um, that environment was just sensational for them to be a part of and, and play in. It was for us. It was amazing. Um, Ireland really took them to task, I thought. I thought they weren't backward and coming forward. They're very, very robust um, in the style of play and and really did a good job um, of, of rattling our midfield for good periods of the game. I think what, what we'll look at is how, with the loss of Sam Kerr up front, which is naturally, I'm assuming, how they would have um, based their style of play working around Sammy um, until she, she withdrew, you know, 24 hours before the match. It'll be just about how they adapt Moving forward for Nigeria, and um, look at things that worked, look at things that didn't. But the reality is that um, we didn't score in the in the free run of play. Right, we we scored our goal of a penalty, and it could have quite easily been a nil or draw as well. So a few a few bits and pieces. I'm sure the coaching staff will review and look at, particularly just in our the way we were kind of converting midfield possession into attack. We were, I thought a little bit loose on the distribution there in a couple of moments. But otherwise sometimes you need those rough gritty wins, right? And if you can take Mm. the pen, football, you know, that's how it goes. So either way, they're in a great position for the group.
2: Yeah, with Sam Kerr's injury, the calf niggle there, they're they're saying, the line is that that she'll be back for the Canada game. What's your read on this type of injury?
5: Yeah, it's really tricky, right? We've sort of had a good chat around it uh, as the comms team and then past players just bumping into to people and we're all got our own take on on how this looks for Sammy I mean every person is different um, two games is, is pretty quick um, if it's a strain that's that's wonderful that's great um, if that's all it is and she's she's out there against Canada and Melbourne that's what we'd love to see um, but cards are funny things they can take a little bit longer um, it, it just depends and so I, I'm sure she's got Everyone's sweating twenty four seven over yeah. that that calf <laughs> up until up until the Canada game. But they sort of caught her outside Brisbane Airport um, yesterday, and she said, "Nope, she'll be ready to go for Canada." So we wait, don't we?
3: Well, fingers crossed that is the case. But uh, in our next match against Nigeria, she won't be lining up, and. All these games uh, can be tricky. You, you can't take any of these countries lightly. Uh, we play them up in Brisbane. It's going to be uh, some nice weather. We hope. Uh, what are, what are we going to look out in their side? What are, what are their strengths, uh, and what are, what are, what are going to be our our challenges up against a, a strong Nigerian team?
5: Yeah, I watched their match yesterday. I was on the call for that match against Canada. Um, the Nigerians are very, very sound defensively. Um, they defended really, re- really well. They frustrated Canada for a large part of the game. And I think one of their strengths is um, their ability to quickly turn that defense into a counterattack. They're quite athletic and quite quick. Uh, so that's the thing that the Matildas definitely will need to be wary of um, Quite similar to the Irish, they're a very physical team as well. So we saw a lot of physicality in that Irish match. Um, I think we can expect the same type of play, I guess, and the style of play from the Nigerians as well. Um, it's, it's going to be a tight one. I, I do think the Nigerians are a bit under the radar. We don't see a lot of African football here in Australia, and um, they've got some great players playing in, in Europe for Barcelona, Real Madrid, so we, we just need to be wary.
2: Uh, Alicia, just looking from afar, I don't think the the average Australian comprehends yet how busy this Matilda's team are. They're travelling all all over the world playing games. Um, And and I think there's some stuff that some of our other team sports could learn from their cutting-edge philosophies. I see the coach was saying that... He, prefer, some of their players play better once they become a mother. So they travel around with, yeah. with some of their babies. Um, it's a pretty forward-thinking scenario in their squad, isn't it?
5: Yeah, and look, I really like it. I'm a mum of two yeah. uh, young girls who look up to, to the Matildas like all the youngsters do at the moment. And I think it's a really nice thing to see, number one. Um, we would never have had that in, in years gone by. That would have been probably described as a distraction to have family or, or babies around a, a team camp and some of our greats sort of had to retire because of, of having children. So times have changed and I think it's really positive. Um I'm on the road at the moment and travelling without my kids, which I thought was really wonderful for the first week. <laughs> now you're kind of going, oh, I miss my kids, you know? So yeah. I think it, what it does for, for the player is that it helps them feel a bit grounded as well because the the nature of sport and elite sport, it's, it's huge, huge highs and then... Mm. Really, really low, like low lows, you know. So sometimes I think for those players to have their family around, their children, just keeps things relatively calm and and quite neutral in that space.
3: So how far can this Matilda's squad go? Do you think, Alicia? Obviously, we got to get out of the, the group stage first, and, and then onto the knockout stages. But you know, with some some huge teams, some big teams, the USA, uh, England as well, uh, bat pretty deep. Um, how far can this squad go? Their belief's obviously up at the moment after start beating France in that warm-up game and, and now ticking off their first win against Seoul. And how far can this squad go, do you think?
5: Look, I've always maintained that our group is the hardest part for us in many, many ways. We've got a really, really tough, tough group. And I think people underestimate teams like Ireland and, and Nigeria just simply because they haven't had podium finishes over the last five or so years. But... They're great teams. So I believe that if the Matildas can get out of this group, um, they can tackle anyone beyond that. They've proven it in the last couple of years. Tony's philosophy has been to play top 10 teams, play top European teams, uh, so that when we get to these pointy ends of competition, we're not overawed. We've got results against them, or at least we've gone toe-to-toe with them. So um, I think once they're out... um, I'd expect nothing less than a quarter final. I would expect a semifinal. And once we're in those stages of, of tournament football, um, anything can happen, really. They're all great teams. Uh, we, see, we see matches go down to penalties, right? Once the matches are in those types of spaces, it's, it's anyone's game. So, or oh, how far can they go? Depends on getting out of the group. After that, I reckon they can go all the way.
2: Nice. Uh, Alicia, before we let you go, Uh, And from a broader viewpoint, who is the biggest challenger, biggest favourite? If we're counting out uh, our Aussie squad, who who do you like uh, as the best chance of winning this thing?
5: Yeah, outside of the Matildas, I've been talking about Germany a fair bit. Um, They were the runners-up of the Euros last year. Um, So against England, I thought they were really unlucky They had a sensational tournament and a very, very convincing tournament Um, And they're under the radar I feel like a lot of the teams that aren't in Australia at the moment They're over in New Zealand Uh, They're a little bit under the radar Germany are here, but we haven't quite seen them play just yet So Germany, for me, will be up there And I expect the US to be up there as well
2: very nice Alicia thank you so much for uh, blessing us with your time this morning uh, your views are very valued here.
5: No thanks guys appreciate your time having me on and enjoy enjoy the weekend.
2: you as well that's uh, Alicia Can- Carnavas uh, shoes part of the SEN call team Gibber, so you can catch her on air and I think she'll even be calling the game up next today which is between
3: USA and Vietnam so the teams have just dropped the starting lineup so obviously a pretty strong USA team uh, with Morgan up the front there mm. she's a, an absolute star should take care of Vietnam so uh, that's in Auckland at Eden Park. Kicks off in about half an hour, Tom.
2: Yes, exciting times ahead for the Matildas. They're a red, red hot chance at uh, getting this thing. It's currently 12 minutes to 10 o'clock. we got to get to a break, Bryce, because up next, we're travelling back in time to 2009. I've had a lot of people uh, get in touch with me saying that they are enjoying these time travel segments where we go back and reminisce on all the things that happened in that year. Just to give you a taste, one thing that did occur in 2009
0: was
2: pressure point pressure point yes uh, the, the famous brendan vavola moment for the footy show we're going to be covering all things of 2009 up next it's 10 to 10
1: city discount tires buy three get one free on the popular falcon Wildpeak at3w all-terrain tire This
4: is Saturdays in SA with Bryce Gibbs and Tom Lyon.
2: Yes, top of the morning to your top of 14 degrees today with some increasing showers throughout the afternoon. It's seven minutes to 10 o'clock and it's time for our time capsule flashback. We've got a little bit of a. Uh, if you can still hear me producer jace it's time for a flashback so of course when we do this we look at culture we look at the everything that went on in sport that year we basically cover the whole year so you get some of those warm and fuzzy nostalgic feelings boys yeah <laughs> 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 Ears are still rigging. <laughs> Can you hear me?
8: Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm sure you're there somewhere. They just about blew my head clean off its yeah, shoulders. That
2: was, uh, yeah, that was commercial radio levels, that intro <laughs> yeah. there. Look, 2009, as far as culture is concerned, these were some of the biggest songs. Do you remember this one, Gibbo?
4: No,
2: Who sings that one? That's Lady Gaga. Lady Gaga. She's uh, she's gone on to do quite well. Um, The actually the the biggest song that year was someone you might also recognise. I'm
6: a Swifty.
2: Yeah, I'm a Swifty too. This was before. This is when she was a little more innocent before she'd gone full pop. Um, Of course. Michael Jackson uh, passed away that year as well, the King of Pop. I, I don't think we'll ever see a pop star like him again. From a lethal dose of, uh, f- it's pretty shonky situation, really. He had his own special doctor yeah. administering fentanyl. Um, Michael Jackson was gone. Kay Rudd was still Prime Minister, and this was another huge song of the year. Bryce, can you tell me what this song is actually about? <laughs> Do you know what it's about?
3: Uh, No, I I think I do.
2: Yeah, what?
3: Um, I don't know, how, how do you say that? How do you say? How it? do you
2: say? Well, it's it's carefully. About, yeah. yeah. How, it's, <laughs> how do you say that? It's it's about something. It's not about the act itself. It's actually about something that can be passed on. Just so,
3: going to something look for you the can dump dump catch. <laughs> um. <laughs> anyway, actually, that was when, actually when they came, they toured Australia around that time, and yeah, uh, played poker against them. We went to their concert and watched them, and then went back to the Crown Casino and. Played a private game of poker with Kings really? of Leon. Yeah, with a bit of uh, what
2: the Blues did.
3: Uh, yeah, me and Mark Murphy actually were invited to. Uh,
2: what a bizarre play story!
3: A, a couple of hands of poker with them post their their concert. We watched. So how'd you go? There's a little bit of and uh, no, I took their money. It was nice. Oh, yeah. very nice. So there you go. There's a bit of yeah,
2: a bit of trivia information eh? for you. Bryce's name always getting him the special treatment, whether it's parking spots or poker with the Kings of Leon. Now. This was the biggest movie for mine for the year in 2009. Quentin Tarantino's *Inglorious Bastards. Basically the premise, they had a group of Jewish Americans go over to Germany and uh, sort the Nazis out. This is one of the famous scenes.
1: My name is Lieutenant Aldo Raine, and I'm putting together a special team, and I need me eight soldiers. Eight Jewish American soldiers. We're going to be dropped into France dressed as civilians. Now, I don't know about y'all, but I sure as hell didn't come down from the goddamn Smoky Mountains, cross 5,000 mile of water, fight my way through half of Sicily, and jump out of a f***ing aeroplane to teach the Nazis lessons in humanity.
2: Brad Pitt, one of his best roles there, Producer Jace
8: a uh, huge fan of that movie. And Gibber, you haven't seen that, have you? I don't think I have, That's no. a challenge for no, you. Yeah. That's a movie. That, My new project.
2: That falls into the must-watch list. Now, around the world of sport, Jace, 2009. Take us back there.
8: Yeah, uh, we'll go through this nice and quickly. I'll start in the stateside in America. So the Steelers won the Super Bowl, 27-23. Classic game this one was against the Arizona Cardinals. Mm. Um, we also had the Lakers winning the NBA Finals 4-1 over Orlando. Kobe Bryant was MVP of that final series and he did star. Uh, in Europe, Barcelona FC, they defeated Manchester United 2-0 on the Champions League final. Uh, we also had Pakistan winning the T20 World Championships in England. I think it was the first time it was held. Mm. Uh, don't hold me to that. But they they beat Sri Lanka in the final there. Alberto Contador won the Tour de France. Uh, The Melbourne Vixens back in Australia, they beat the Thunderbirds in the grand final of the ANZ championships, 54-46. The Melbourne Storm won the NRL grand final, 23-16, and they would later be stripped of that premiership for salary cap breaches. That's
2: right. It's controversial.
8: In the world of tennis, Roger Federer played in all four Grand Slam finals. He won the French. It was his only French Open title. And Wimbledon. He lost the Australian Open final to Rafa and he lost the US Open final to Juan Del Potro.
2: Right, from he was.
8: Argentina, uh, who unfortunately was very injured yeah, through his career and probably a, would have won more. Juan Martin Del Potro. Yeah. Bit
2: of a flash in the pan.
8: He was a star, but unfortunately just couldn't put it together for long enough. And of course, in the AFL, uh, it was Geelong who knocked off St Kilda. By 12 points, it was a cracking grand final, mm. and Gibber was dominating the AFL landscape at about that time. What else was going on in footy around right about then? Yeah, they beat the Saints, who only
3: lost two games for that year. They were minor premiers, so the Cats come from second. Still had a very good year, only winning, uh, losing the four games. Those two were the standout teams, Jace, uh, What else? Gary Ablett won the Brownlow, polled 30 votes during that yes. count, and that was the year Adam Cooney Kissed him on the head after passing it over, Uh, Mm. and of course, you played it before Brendan Favola went absolutely gangbusters at at the Brownlow, lost his marbles, and
2: just a reminder got sacked from Channel Nine, and and uh, that 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 was the start of a uh, fork in the road for his career. Ah! Ah! Pressure
5: point, pressure point, pressure point, pressure point, pressure point, pressure point.
2: At table at the I was, yeah, I, was there at the that, table. I was there
3: that night with him. And when he was sending text messages to everyone at that night, uh, at about 930 in the morning, asking yes. if we were ready to have beers, uh, that was probably an early, early flag that, uh, was going to, going to be a, a ba- end badly for, for big Fev.
2: Yeah. Red flag right there, yeah. starting at 930, he, he carries. I mean, because I would just be asleep by the middle of the afternoon if that was me, but he's just carried it through and then broadcast on live television yeah. in that state.
3: Channel 9 probably stitched him up there a fair bit. But yeah. he actually won the Coleman in that year with 86 goals. So yeah. not a bad effort for a side. Oh, well, we actually, Carlton played finals that year. We played uh, in an elimination final against right. Brisbane. 30, um, 30 points up at three-quarter time and, and managed to lose that. I think Jonathan Brown... Uh, Had a big last quarter. But uh, Daniel Rich from that Brisbane Lions side won the Rising Star. The Wooden Spooners were Melbourne for the second year in a row with only four wins. Uh, Hawthorne actually missed the finals uh, in that year from being the premiers. This was their letdown year. First time since Adelaide did that in 1999. Uh, and another quirky little stat here: in the final round, the Western Bulldogs defeated Collingwood by 24 points, so that took them to a percentage advantage over Collingwood by 0.31. Oh wow!
8: Whoa.
3: To put uh, the Bulldogs into fourth, uh, sorry, into third, and the Magpies into fourth. So Brad Johnson kicked a goal in the, the last 10 seconds of the game to to make them jump and and literal essentially have a a home final. A couple of uh, coaching changes that year. Terry Wallace was sacked, which then Dima Hardwick was appointed coach the following year at Richmond, and we know what happened from there. Uh, Dean Layley was sacked as well, Uh, and Brad Scott took over, obviously had a pretty successful tenure at, at North, took him to a couple of prelims, had a spell at the AFL, and is now back at the Essendon Football Club. Uh, a couple of rule changes from that year as well. Uh, the, the AFL brought in, if a player that is not under pressure, specifically under pressure, handballs um, through the points, mm. it will be a free kick awarded to the the opposition. Yeah. So that's obviously come a long way. Yeah. And if a player tackles an opponent after he disposes of the ball, preventing him from taking further part in the play, uh, a free kick and penalty is awarded so a couple of those change the ga- rule changes actually shape the game couple uh, of reasonable forward. ones amongst yeah. them there yeah
8: yeah
2: you see uh, players trying to exploit that one whether they're under pressure or not going through the goal line you very very rarely see that one paid i think it's been paid once this year
8: uh yeah it tackled was yeah but uh, that that's evolved to making contact with a player after they've released the ball now and of course Mm. There's a has been a famous one at the MCG earlier this year, uh, Adelaide versus Collingwood, where Nick Dacos got dealt with after mm. disposal and it pretty much cost the Crows the game. It was there. Yeah. It was legit. So uh, I don't mind that, though, because you want to protect ball players. Uh, I think mm. guys that have... Uh, are using the footy and then getting disposed of so that they can't get to the next contest, need to be looked after.
2: So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So there is 2009 in a nutshell. The time capsule uh, will be moving on to 2010, probably in the next couple of weeks. Thank you, Producer Jace. Comprehensive as always. And very nicely done, Bryce, with the football stuff. It's time for the news but up next, we're going to be casting our eyes over the Port v Collingwood game, producer Jace. And right. we've got a special guest, Daryl Wakeland, that's going to help us do that.
1: Oh, City Discount Tyres. Buy three, get one free on the popular Falcon Wild Peak AT3W All Terrain Tyre. This
4: is Saturdays in SA with Bryce Gibbs and Tom
1: Lyon.
2: Yeah, massive night overnight in sport. The Aussies uh, on the back foot, uh, 4 for 114, I think it is. Manus is in the 40s and... Um, Bulldogs getting the chocolates over Essendon last night but right now Bryce we're going to look ahead to what is the blockbuster almost of the year. First v second Port Adelaide against Collingwood at Adelaide Oval as well and the odds are fairly even but it's a massive match. We thought who better to help us pull apart this one than former Port Adelaide champion and uh, special comments on SEN. Darryl Wakeland. Good morning Darryl. What are you up to?
9: Good morning, boys. How are you? Just here at the uh, under-16, Sturtberth Eagles at Thebberton Oval. So, wow. just a bit of a fresh morning, but a uh, nice, nice way to start the weekend.
2: Nice. Is, is the game underway between the two sides? How's it going?
9: Just underway. Eagles kicked the first two of the game. Sturt are currently sitting top. and They've been in pretty good touch. So, my lad's in the under-16s and plays an R4 there. But Eagles got a very, some very, very talented kids.
2: Yeah. Um, this game with Port and Collingwood tonight, some important inns for Port Adelaide, Charlie Dixon, Francis Evans, uh, Jason Hall-Francis, Trent McKenzie and Willie Rioli. Uh, do you think those big changes from week to week will impact their flow in any way or it can only be a positive thing?
9: No, it's, uh, certainly I think a lot of people were concerned going into last week games with Seven or so changes last week, and some pretty important players out. So, and that that sort of proved with the way they played. You know, they were getting enough ball through the mid. They were getting inside fifty, but yeah, they they just couldn't couldn't convert. They were very leaky down back. Mackenzie's a key, isn't he, down back there? So, yeah, it's not great, but uh, they got a little bit of time to get it sorted, and they'll get some injury players back from injury, no doubt, in the next two or three weeks. So, not ideal coming into a red hot sort of Collingwood team,
3: is it? Do you reckon it's, uh, I think Collingwood go into this game slight favourites, uh, Daryl. Do you reckon that's a little bit of, of disrespect to, to this Port Adelaide side who have been so good all year? They, they're playing at their home deck. Uh, so Collingwood, we know, can travel well. But do you reckon it's a little bit of disrespect to this this Port Adelaide side that are, that are going so well, even though it was a little hiccup last week against Carlton?
9: Look, I think I think that's probably where the form's at. Um, I mean, Collingwood have been such such rare form. They got a very healthy list, and with the two inclusions they have coming back in as well, it's it's uh, geez, it's a good lineup. I was doing my matchups only 10, 15 minutes ago and looking at it, and I mean, with the with Port being a little bit leaky last week, I think that's where they're most vulnerable. Um, they need a they need their best six in, and they're just trying to work that out at the moment. Um, with the injuries that they've had, they've had a few guys out of form. So they've struggled to settle that back line the last sort of three or four weeks. I think they've got away with some wins over the last six you know, six or eight weeks that have masked that a little bit. But um, at the end of the day, I think, yeah, Collingwood uh, haven't seen too many sides in as, as rare a form as they are at the moment. So I think that reflects it.
2: Do you subscribe to the theory, Bryce and I were talking about this last week, actually, that uh, the Carlton loss is sort of a loss they need to have because if they kept on winning, winning, winning all the way until finals, this unknown pressure builds and builds and um, th- that a loss is inevitable. Could could this loss have been a positive thing for Port?
9: Yeah, I, look, I think it's come at as good a time as any. Um, you know, they'd, they'd be dissecting that. They would have... They would have opened that, um, you know, the, the results up of that game. Statistically, they would have known exactly where they need to improve. But yeah, I think everyone was saying over the last months, it's probably you know, it's rare rare that you get a run like they have, um, and that you can continue right deep into finals. So I think it's I think it's come at the right time. I think probably everyone was expecting maybe the Collingwood game tonight would be that that one that they would drop. Um, but the, like we said, the I just think it's rare that you get a a run like Geelong had last year and you go deep into finals with such red-hot form. But, um, you know, you need that momentum in that last month coming into finals. Hopefully Port can can capture that again.
2: Uh, Daryl, a strange one for you. We've just seen on our television screens, Gavin Wanganeen is participating in Dancing with the Stars this season. Would you ever consider going on Dancing with the Stars?
9: Never. No, I had two, <laughs> two left feet, and I never spent a lot of time on Yeah. Most of my time at, uh, was spent at the bar, um, and um, <laughs> not a lot of time on the dance floor. My, yeah. Mind you, chock Choc to mix things up back in the day, Chocko Williams, he'd love to mix things up. So we used to have dancing nights. We'd put on dancing nights at the club right, a couple and all- times through the year, and he loved it. And everyone would bring their partners along, and if you didn't have a partner, you would have to find one. And uh so his wives and girls and they were superb nights. So Choco loved his dancing and uh so yeah. that's that's caused a lot of banter on it. We're gonna have a WhatsApp group <laughs> of our of of our early two thousands uh port site and um that's caused a lot of banter. Uh
3: and just <laughs> we'll just straighten back up here, Daryl. um just with Darcy Moore, we we know how important he is for the Collingwood Football Club. And we saw, I reckon, a couple of weeks ago, Tex play him really well and, and led up to some really good spots. And, and the Crows were able to use him. And uh, Darcy Moore got caught in two minds, whether to come up on Tex or, or drop off in the set mark, like he usually does. Who do you think from Port in this Port forward line is the best match-up for him? Is it, is it your Charlie Dixon? Is it your Jeremy Finlayson? Who, who do you reckon smart enough to, to know when to lead up into the dangerous space and get used to, to nullify uh, Moore's great intercept ability?
9: Yeah, and you need the physical size to go with him, too. He's got, you know, for a, what an amazing athlete he is, you know, almost 200 centimetres and um, just moves so well. So I think Dixon probably needs to be the matchup. You know, Charlie hasn't, not covering the ground that well. He's obviously come back into the side and hopefully he's healthy. But I think that what they'll be expecting, the coaching staff expecting from Charlie is just to make that contest. Uh, keep more out of that concept. Try and nullify any of his intercept marking. We know how dangerous that whole back line for Collingwood is, uh, their counter attack from intercept mark. They can all do it, all their smalls, even Quaynor. So that's going to be where it starts. Nullify that contest. Pull him deep as you can. Dixon won't go too much out of 0 to 30 metres, I wouldn't have thought. So if they can keep him in deep and to nullify his counter attack, that, that's going to be a, play a huge part.
3: It certainly will. And you're calling the game on Port Nation tonight on SEN. Uh, can you give us a tip and uh, why do you think they'll win?
9: Yeah, yeah. obviously the heart says Port, but I, I think Collingwood probably by about six goals. Um, I just think they're, they're too healthy at the moment and uh, they've got most positions covered across the ground. So, I mean, the, the only place I think Port can win it if they can really get hold of it in the midfield, get some ball going their way, there is still some dangerous players in our forward line that can kick at score. So Finlayson coming off a quiet week last week, expect him to come out and have a good one.
2: Yeah, well, any way you look at it, it's going to be a blockbuster game and Port, no doubt, will be going in Uh, believing that they can win this one. Uh, Daryl, you'll be on the call later on on Power Nation. You can catch the game live uh, from around 7 p.m. tonight, I think. Uh, 7.10, it kicks off Correct, lads. Yes, correct. Uh, Daryl Wakeland, thank you so much for blessing us with your time this morning.
9: Good on you, boys. Have a great day. Cheers.
2: It's former Port Adelaide star Darrell Wakeland there. A pretty comprehensive look at that game tonight. Who have you got, Kipper? Who do you, how do you think it's going to pan out?
3: I actually think Port can win this. Yeah. They're, they're going to be razzed up. We've seen a bit of uh, jabs thrown in the media. Mm. Uh, Maynard coming out and saying Port need to be on their game. We're the best team in the competition. Yeah. And then Henkley just saying, well, uh, you can have the number one mantle in uh, in the month of July. We uh, We want to be... Playing well when the whips are cracking, sort of, yeah. come September. So there's been a, a bit of niggle in the media. So no doubt uh, that'll flow out into the game once it starts at 7:10 tonight. I think I reckon it might be a bit closer than six goals. Mm. Uh, and I think Port are a chance in this. I'm going to tip Port in an upset. But
2: believe it or not, I am actually agreeing with you here. I think they, they are going to be priming themselves like it's a final. Um, yeah, on the media stakes. This is Ken Hinkley discussing. Always, it's the question of what to do with Nick Dacos,
4: quality player that everyone everyone's tried to handle in different ways, and and we'll we we'll be doing the same. But let's not get just just get confused with Nick Dacos. You know, when you get two generational players in father and son, probably three at Collingwood. Uh, that's, that's a gift that they've been given and they're, they're maximising it at the moment. For us, the challenge is to, to limit what they get. Um, you know, the collective is going to be more important than, than one or two individuals. And We're playing the best team in the competition by their admission. They are the best team in the competition. They, they've said that themselves publicly. Um, you know, July is a good time to be ranked one.
2: Yeah, it's uh, set up to be an absolute cracker later on tonight. Port v Collingwood, Bryce. We're going to get to a break because up next we're going to pull apart the Melbourne v Crows game. Are the Crows even a scary of a chance at getting this one? They've brought in a few young boys, which I like the look of. So that's up next. It's currently quarter past ten. <laughs>
1: City Discount Tyres. Buy three, get one free on the popular Falcon Wild Peak AT3W All-Terrain Tyre. This is Saturdays in SA with
2: Bryce Gibbs and Tom Lyon. Thank you for joining us this morning. It's been fun. Top of 14 degrees today in Adelaide with showers developing throughout the afternoon. Good time to be indoors. But Bryce, you will be outdoors at the Ponderosa.
3: I certainly will be running around. <laughs> what is the biggest ground football ground in Australia? Is it really? It is huge out at Elizabeth. There, I think it's called Ex Convenience Oval or yeah. The Ponderosa. Yeah. It's nicknamed. So yeah, it's uh, it's a lot of space. You can get get you can get caught, you get, get lost. lost out there. Yeah, <laughs> like there's too much space. So yeah. They're uh, they're certainly a hard side to play against too. Uh, very good in the contest around the mm. stoppages. But uh, if you don't. Bring your work rate, right, your running shoes, yep. you're, uh, you make it hard for yourself. So uh, we're up for a, a tough challenge out uh, at Elizabeth against Central's today. Yep,
2: yeah, that'll be a good one to keep across. Uh, you can no doubt – can we hear that one on the SEN app? Not sure. No. Okay, producer Jace. <laughs> Well, Glenn Elk's game is being covered on the SEN app. Now, another one that's going to be uh, live and free on the SEN app, AFL Nation, Crows v Demons over in Melbourne at the MCG. The Crows play quite well against Collingwood when they played at the G. It suits them a lot better than Marvel. Some big ins and outs. So... Out, Rochelle's suspension. Lockie Murphy omitted. Lockie Scholl had to be omitted. Max Michelaney managed, rightfully so. Rory Laird, a big out. He is injured, but in comes Brayden Cook on the wing. Harry Schollenberg in the midfield. Matty Crouch to uh, get another adult male to help out the midfield there. And pew, 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 Paddy Parnell. A
3: couple of... Good ins for the Crows in terms of opportunity. I mean, Braden Cook's been waiting for his opportunity all year. I think this is his first game. Harry Schoenberg's been in and out of the side. Uh, hopefully he doesn't play as the sub because that's usually has been his role when he has played. Matt Crouch gets an opportunity mm. uh, like for like with Rory led out. He's uh, averaged about 15 contested possessions is Rory led. So Matty Crouch needs to fill that void. Uh, and as you said, Pistol Parnell will come in and play um, sort of a back flank, back pocket, maybe even a little bit of a wing role as well.
2: Yeah, he's, he's got a really neat little kick. I'm not sure what his long-term prospects are yet. Haven't quite got a gauge on him, but Braden Cook named on the wing. So that's going to be a massive opportunity for him. And Schoenberg is named start-up in the midfield. So he won't be sub. And I, I do truly hope that he takes this opportunity with both hands and fulfills that potential that we saw in him about a year and a bit ago of what he could possibly be. What What do you see as Harry Schoenberg's strengths as a midfielder?
3: Well, he, he can win the ball. He is a ball winner. And his advantage is his speed out of stoppage. can can use his legs mm. and sort of burst through the front of a, a stoppage and, and deliver the ball, whether it's inside 50 or, or to someone on the outside. So he just needs to, to play, I think. That's mm. what it comes yeah. down to. But. With the mix they've got there in the moment, uh, in there at the moment, uh, he's it's been hard for him to, to break in.
2: Yeah, now they're going to be coming up against uh, Jack Viney, who is an absolute hard nut, Maxi Gorn, Angus Brayshaw and Christian Petrarca in the midfield. Um, how, how would you be going about it to try and match it with these guys?
3: Well, it's the dominance from Max Gorn in the ruck. He's hit outs and hit outs to advantage. Is why it makes this Melbourne midfield so dangerous. So, if I was a Crows midfield, if I was the Crows midfield this week, without going too defensive, I'd try and sit on their back shoulder and try and push the Melbourne players in and keep them in nice and tight so that if they do win the ball, you can tackle them, or if it does spill out the back, you can get onto that loose ball. So they're going to be in for a tough day. We all know the Crows' away record is mm. is not great. I think they've lost seven, or the last seven at the MCG. haven't won there since 2017 when they made that grand final. So it's going to be how they can control their mids and, and Max Gorn's dominance, because not only is he hitting it down to advantage to their mids, he's getting around the ground. He had nearly... 30 touches last week, mm. kicked a couple of goals. So Riley O'Brien's going to have to go with him and make him very accountable this this game. So uh, it's, it's going to be tough for Adelaide, I think. In yeah, this one.
2: no doubt a tough one. And uh, we saw with the Giants, anytime the ball got to outside of the contest, they were getting torched. So they'll be focusing on keeping that ball on the inside. Uh, fascinating one to watch. Hopefully it's a close one. We're going to get to a break. <laughs>
1: City Discount Tyres. Buy three, get one free on the popular Falcon Wild Peak AT3W All-Terrain Tyre. This
4: is Saturdays in SA with Bryce Gibbs and Tom Lyon.
2: Yeah, so good to have your company this morning. It's been a fun one, Bryce. I still am getting over the fact that you believed that Mark Woodford and Todd Woodbridge (laughs) were legitimate brothers. But, hey, a couple of quick tips from you before we go. Richmond v Hawks?
3: The Tigers for me.
2: Yep. Now, this is a tough one. Carlton v. West Coast.
3: The Baggers will be in the eights after today, Tom.
2: Oh, wishful thinking or reality? Uh, Lions take on Geelong up at the Gabba.
3: Uh, The Lions too strong up at the Gabba.
2: Yep. Frio take on the Swans.
3: Uh, The Swans.
2: Giants and the Suns.
3: This is a tough one. Uh, the Giants only because it's in Canberra.
2: And just quickly, thank you to V North Melbourne.
3: I'm going to tip an upset and tip the Roos to oh. win their third game for the year.
2: Take a chance. Have a lovely weekend, whatever you're up to.